Welcome back to Pancreas Pals, a podcast by diabetics for diabetics. I'm Emily, a writer and editor. And I'm Miriam, a licensed mental health counselor. We're just two women trying to live our best diabetic lives. While it might not always be easy due to the literal highs and lows, it always helps to have a Pancreas Pal to turn to. Hello and welcome to Pancreas Pals. I'm Emily. In this season, we will be having a rotating roster of co-hosts. No matter who's sitting beside me in the hosting chair, we're still just two people trying to live our best diabetic lives. Every week, we'll tackle a new topic from the diabetic perspective. Although we may offer tips and tricks, we are not medical professionals. However, we offer anecdotes and general thoughts on how to embrace a type 1 lifestyle on your own terms. It's not easy to do with all of the literal highs and lows, but it does help to have a pancreas pal to turn to. Hey guys, welcome to Pancreas Pals. Emily here, and this week's special co-host is none other than Katie Silberstein. Hey Katie, what's up? Hey guys. Coming all the way from the West Coast, woke up early on a Sunday just for us. Um, And this week's special guest is Lance Bergstein, who is a race car driver who recently signed with JDRF and Dexcom. Welcome, Lance. What's going on, everyone? Stoked to be here. Stoked to have you here. Um, I kind of just want to dive right in. So first of all, congrats on signing with JDRF and Dexcom. No easy feat. Uh, Certainly not. (laughs) Um, Can you, let's start off with talking about a little bit about your diagnosis story and then we can talk about how you got into your your passion for all things race car driving sure so uh i've been diabetic for a pretty long time so it's going on 24 years so i was five years old um typical symptoms i think like i was really thirsty um I mean, I was a five-year-old wetting the bed, which maybe like is kind of okay, but at like <laughs> the pace that I was doing it at, my parents were kind of like, all right, maybe something's wrong here. Yeah. Um, was just crushing regular snapples, which was probably the worst thing that I could have been doing. Um, and, you know, a doctor visit later and blood sugar was, you know, well over 400 and into the hospital we went, um, which is so strange. Typical. Yeah, pretty typical, but it, it, it's kind of wild that like, I don't remember many things from being like five or six years old, obviously, but I can sort of recall like being in the hospital, sitting there, um, going to like the cafeteria and getting crystal light. Cause that was like the only sugar-free drink available in 1994. Um, and I just remember like thinking, okay, like this is not that bad. Like, I don't really know what's going on. And, um, I was pretty naive as a five-year-old. Do you remember those meters took like 45 seconds? That wasn't even like the worst part. The worst part was is like you had to get a beveled drop of blood on it. And if it wasn't like beveled and like the amount of blood that these meters take now is like nothing there. You'd be like squeezing your finger for like 45 seconds just to get it. And then it wouldn't be perfectly beveled and you have to go do it again. Um, not to be the newbie in the room, but what the hell is beveled mean? So like it had to be like <laughs> it had to be like this high round drop. Like if, it, if you Yikes. didn't put it on the strip right and like the blood flattened out, it didn't work. Okay, so for those of you new to the podcast, I feel like I should just interrupt for a hot second and say I was diagnosed four years ago. So I've only lived in the land of Dexcom and Omnipods and, you know, high techness. So truly hashtag blessed. But um, that's a uh, head back to season one, episode one to listen to my diagnosis story. But I just interrupted Lance's to tell you about mine. So apologies, continue. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, uh, so yeah, so look, like I've seen technology like on the med device side and on the actual therapeutic side of insulins evolve over 23 years. Um, like back when I was first diagnosed, everything had to be perfectly timed with the kind of insulins that you were taking, like short acting stuff like Umalog wasn't around. So you had to have your breakfast and your snack and your lunch and your afternoon snack at these specific time points. Otherwise you would potentially go low. And on the other side, like if you were high to get your blood sugar to go down, there wasn't these short acting insulin. So I was six, five years old. And my mom would like send me outside the house and like, just make me run laps for no reason. <laughs> until, like my blood sugar came down. So that Did was you like, play any sports? This yeah. Like so, really good prep um, for that. Yeah. I was a super athletic kid. So I was a nationally ranked uh, junior tennis player. I loved Damn. playing hockey. So like the activity level wasn't so bad, but like I would have maybe have been active earlier in that day and tired and like a six-year-old wanting to go watch like some Scooby-Doo. And my mom was like forcing me and chasing me to run laps. <laughs> and that was, uh, that was old school Umalog, just running laps around the house. Uh, amazing. I mean, she was just keeping you fit, keeping you focused, right? Yeah. I, I owe my level of fitness to my mother from my five-year-old days. So I'll make sure to thank her on that tomorrow. Much love to the Bergstein <laughs> fam for, for shaping the young man or wait, you're like, 29 right you're yeah. young to be talking about all these like old time uh, i mean yeah but it's been 23 years so true we had um we had a mother-daughter duo on um on an episode this season talking about how the mother's diabetic and her daughter is also diabetic and it's just so interesting to see the difference like the mom has had it for what was it like 40 30 40 years and it's insane but like you and Katie, you as well, you guys can speak to just how much has changed in the last 10 years. And that is really cool, but also brings me to my next topic, which was Dexcom, because you recently signed with them a little bit, a little bit. That's not even a sentence. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of it. It's Sunday morning. You're forgiven. I'm like not a real person as per usual, the last five episodes, but anyways. Um, So Dexcom, can we talk a little bit about your experience with it? Because I know you weren't, this sounds really creepy, um, Samara, your very cool sister who's been very involved in diabetes and things like that. She has a working pancreas, but we won't hold that against her. (laughs) Um, She was telling me a little bit how you didn't always, you know, you weren't always on the CGM train. But now for racing, I I assume that that's definitely something that's helped you. Yeah, I mean... For racing and a lot of other things, I feel like I'm going to continue to sort of be like that old man who's like, I had to walk uphill both ways, like to and from school. But when CGMs first came out, it was something that like my doctor, my endo, like really wanted me to do so that we could get good data. But the way it would work is the service would send someone to your house or your apartment. I live in New York City, so no house. (laughs) They would show up with like this giant briefcase that looked like they were about to do surgery on you and install this CGM that didn't have like live readouts or anything. And whatever the metrics that it measured your blood sugar in was a foreign language, like nothing that any type one would remotely be familiar with. So like, it wasn't super beneficial then. It was really invasive, kind of hurt to put in. And the results like didn't give me anything in real time. It was more, all right, we went back and sort of studied, am I taking like enough basal insulin? And you could adjust your regimen from the data, but it wasn't like what Dexcom provides today. And it's slowly evolved over time. And now we have like these great CGMs and yeah, for racing, which we can get into later, it's uh, a must have, but even just in the gym or 
or during the day, like being able to be proactive with your blood sugar is pretty cool because when you would do like a finger stick on a regular meter, it's a snapshot in time of, okay, my blood sugar is 150. Great. But like, is it going up? Is it going down? Is it staying flat? So like you would have to be really reactive with your blood sugar. And now with Dexcom, like you're actually able to get ahead of the game. So I'm a big fan of it at this point in my life. I mean, it's a huge game changer. Katie, I know you're on it as well, right? No, I'm not. Just, just on oh, wait. That was such a bad – like, Katie and I are really good friends. I feel like I should have known that. It's okay. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm never going to forget I've that. tried it. I've tried the um, Dexcom and I tried the Libre, but it's um, – You tried the Libre? Yeah. I guess that's a conversation for another time. Sure. But, <laughs> I mean, I found for me the Dexcom has been, like, such – I feel like I am – free marketing for them. I am obsessed with my Dexcom and I love it. It's not always 100% accurate, but I feel like that's something that a lot of people always are annoyed about, but we always have to take into account that it is, you know, like a snapshot in itself. Sometimes things aren't necessarily calibrated 100% or maybe it's a bad site, but on the whole, it has saved me so many times. Um, but I want to know a little bit more about the logistics of racing with type one. Um, and, you know, I, I'm assuming that you sweat a ton and your heart rate goes really, really far up and it's a toll on your body, right? Totally. So, I mean, we can immediately debunk anyone out there who's going to be like, well, racing cars is not a sport. Um, in the car <laughs> for over the course of like a two hour stint, um, I'll lose 10 pounds and I Whoa. probably will burn somewhere around 1,500 to 2,000 calories. How um, are you alive? What? <laughs> How are you not low? <laughs> that's so, a real question. Yeah, so that's where uh, – that's in a long stint. So we can back up. Like there's multiple different kinds of auto racing. You can do a half-hour race, um, which is always fun, and that's kind of easy to manage. But uh, I've kind of gotten addicted to the endurance stuff. So – this race in November during National Diabetes Month in Austin uh, is actually a 24-hour race. So, <laughs> so you'll do it with three other drivers, but either way, you're in the car for a long time, um, multiple times. So the Dexcom comes into play because I can mount it on my steering wheel, and then I'll also wear an Apple Watch so I can try and get like a quick glance at it on my wrist. And I can see if my number is going down. And it, yeah, it's not 100% accurate on where your number is, but directionally, I think the Dexcom's pretty good. Yes. Uh, and if it's going down, I have two straws in my helmet, one for water uh, and one that has juice. Oh, so cool. I That's just, dope. Yeah. So I'm picturing like the beer goggle situation where it's like one on each <laughs> side of your. <laughs> yeah, it's not. I mean, the, 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 the bottles aren't connected to the helmet, just the straw. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, so it's just it, it's easy to kind of deal with the number going down. Uh, it's the other thing about like not shooting it too high that gets uh, really tricky in the car. So I try and like take baby steps at it. Um, like I'll drink a little bit of juice and see what happens before I start pounding it and end up at 300. Um, because while going low in a race car, uh, I would say is worse than being high. Being high is certainly not going to uh, give you any advantage either. Right. And I think it, this is such an interesting sport to discuss with diabetes because there are rules and regulations with operating a vehicle when you have, you know, an extreme low versus an extreme high. I don't know if it's like textbook in the laws, but I've just, I mean, I've had doctors tell me don't get behind the wheel if you're, you know, below 70 or stuff like that. Here you are defying odds and straight <laughs> up racing for like 24 hours. 
doing nothing but that. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's a matter of being on top of it. I mean, before you get any racing license, like, and there are different levels of them, like you always have to get a medical examination. And one of the questions on it is like, are you diabetic? And then if you are, it goes to like further medical review where they'll like look at your history of A1Cs and like what kind of control you're in. Um, they'll get a letter from your doctor. So like they kind of do their homework on seeing like, are you a responsible diabetic and you're not going to go low and kill someone else out there because it's dangerous for me, but like, it's also, I'm out there with other people and like their lives are in my hand as well. Um, and vice versa. Totally. I I feel like you can be overtired and it can also have a similar effect to a low blood sugar or, you know, like driving while intoxicated, if you will. And And they don't have to get checks for that. Totally. Or like their mental stability, like people get like emotional and competitive in the car. And like, we always try and remind each other that like, yeah, we're competing, but this can end up poorly. And you'll get like these 16 or 17 year old kids who are just fearless. Um, Yikes. And, you know, it's always worth a talk to them or generally the (laughs) father if they're a minor Um, (laughs) where you have to be a little bit, you know, respectful to them and, you know, sort of express your dismay to uh, whoever their guardian is. But totally. Trash talking to children. Got it. Yeah. I try and, you know, keep my cool on that to the best that I can. What happens what happens if your blood sugar is high? Like are you the one that's bolusing or is someone bolusing for you? All right. So, um I'm not on a pump. So we can get that whole like bolusing terminology out. Um Got it. <laughs> I, I I've been on a pump uh in my 23 years of being a type 1 for 5 weeks. I was on the Omnipod. It's just not for me. Like I can keep really tight control with pen therapy or shot therapy, whatever we're calling it these days. Multiple daily uh, injections. MDI. Yeah, there we go. Um, and it works for me. Like I'm one of those people who uh, it just, I never enjoyed the pump. Um, so in, to answer your question, in the car, there is no real way that I can knock my blood sugar down. Okay. Um, yeah, because then you'd have to shoot up while you're driving, which doesn't seem safe. Right, so. Chug water. <laughs> the way yeah. it works is like, I'll get in the car at a number where the only – I'm not going to go up, and I try and get in the car usually around like 180 is kind of like my target range. Sure. And for two hours, I should get out like around 100, 120. If it starts to go lower than that, um, I'll drink some juice. But everyone's body's different. Like for my body, when I do weight training, it actually increases my blood sugar through the roof. Right. But like cardio knocks it way down, so it's pretty okay without going up in the race car. and. Worst case, you know, after you do an hour in the car, you have to come in and get new tires and more fuel. I can have like one of my crew guys or um, if I have like my girlfriend or like my father there, <laughs> they can like quickly shoot me up uh, oh with God, a shot like while they're changing my tires. <laughs> yeah, she hasn't done that yet, but that's definitely on the list of things uh, to do. Oh, my you know, God. Really consummate the relationship. Truly. Um, that's <laughs> like practice on Rufus first that, you know, the diabetes there. What's that? Rufus the diabetes bear. Katie's like, you got to make her test it before you let her give you a shot. Oh, yeah. I mean, she dove right into that. Like, didn't even, like, learn how to do it. There was, like, one night where we went out drinking and, like, I fell asleep and she was all, like, freaking out even though I was totally fine. And I woke up the next morning and was like, and I'm a super deep sleeper. Like, it had nothing to do with drinking. Like, I mean, a bear could be in the room. I won't wake up. 
And I was like, my finger really hurts. Like, what's going on? She's like, yeah, I couldn't figure it out. So I stuck you like 15 times. And, like, and then and then you were like 135. So it was fine. I was like, all right, like, I can't be mad at you about that. But like. Oh, my God. Just make sure she doesn't like give you a shot or anything while you're sleeping unless it's like your glucagon. No, this was this was early on in the relationship. That's She's, hilarious. She sounds like a gem. Like, truly, I'm not being sarcastic. She is. Oh and, and that's like a totally different kind conversation right like relationships like she gets it like sometimes like I can be moody and it's not my fault necessarily like if I'm having a high blood sugar or low I can get a little irritable and we should have you back on we have entire episodes dating or dating dedicated to dating with diabetes it's one of our most requested topics here on the curious pals but that's like a we could go on forever about that yeah Um, different topic we can we can certainly go back to racing Sorry, no. I mean, I just am like amazed that you're. I mean, I. I guess it's because I've had it only for the last four years, type one. So my parents aren't necessarily like attuned to giving shots or really anything because I've only had it as an adult. But for you to, you know, exit the car, be super hyped up, and have someone give you a shot, like that's to me that's like insane like i can't imagine trusting anyone giving me oh. <laughs> well just to clarify i would still be in the car they'd be like changing uh, my tires and putting okay. fuel in it and i'm gonna go back out on track for another hour and if i was high like someone would quickly potentially give me a shot if i needed it that has happened literally never technical <laughs> okay, question this is technical all... question okay yeah. go for it. don't you wear like a, a jumpsuit when yeah. you're driving so how would that like in, if it had to happen in theory like wouldn't you have to unzip the whole thing so i love that you called it a jumpsuit and you asked a technical question um <laughs> savage over here what's it really called <laughs> i i think it's just called a racing suit but a jumpsuit just makes it sound really adorable so we're it gonna roll with trendy. that no it's trendy oh my <laughs> just god Katie's just fashion forward but anyways yeah so uh you do And what would happen is I would just unzip the front of it really quick while I was sitting in the car. Um, And you wear like another under layer of like fireproof underwear, but it's super thin. (laughs) Whoa. Oh Uh, my God. It's like. I love that it's underwear. That just seems so. So it's really thin, but you could could just. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) So. You should should get um, Dexcom or Omnipod or whatever to commission a suit that has like a patch that you can unzip, you know, like for babies that have like the, the flap, just the a flap. little flap. But, like, and like, for your arm. Yeah. <laughs> That's such a good idea, Katie. I'm He's in. probably like, absolutely not. This is ridiculous, but I think that's such a good idea. <laughs> I, I think that would be hilarious. I mean, if you just like unzip this little pouch in the front and we're able yeah. to stick it in. You I heard mean, it here first. If, right. like, I mean, also, we'll trademark it here. I mean, if you think about it, they're, you know, they have Ryan or they did have, I don't know what's going on with Ryan Reed right now, but um, they've been in the, the racing business for like a little bit, a minute. This has to be, you know, you're not the only diabetic out there who's racing. So it's like, come on, how many yeah. people have to be diabetic for you to get special treatment? Yeah, Ryan <laughs> Ryan does, uh, does NASCAR. So he drives like in circles on an oval. Right. Um, I do sports car racing. So it's like left and right turns. Um, right. <laughs> No, Sorry, that was just savage. <laughs> but um, as I'm cackling over here, anyway. But but yeah, he he um he's sponsored by Lily, and I think he uh, he has a little affiliation with Dexcom as well, like in the Warrior yeah, program. That's but, what it um, was. I totally botched that. I think he does something similar too, where like during a pit stop, someone on his crew could potentially inject him, and 
uh, he's monitored. Like it's an easy formula, right? Like you know what you need to do to monitor it. There's kind of only one way to do it. And Dexcom is the only way to do it. Like even though Libre exists, like you still have to scan it. There's no more accurate way to view your blood sugar than a Dexcom right now. Um, right. And so like to your point, like 10 years ago without this innovation, I'm definitely not doing two hours in a car. Like maybe I could have done a half hour, um, but it was kind of unfathomable. Um, and even like, it's just the, the way that Dexcom has evolved and really like they're trying to make it easier for you to wear it day by day. Like the transmitter is getting thinner. Like it used to be such a pain to put one of the sensors in and now they have like this one click thing. Like they're oh starting God. to really get it. It used to hurt. Like I would accidentally get it in an area that like was cl- too close to a muscle. Not that I'm muscular in any <laughs> sense of the word. I'm like the opposite of athletic over here, but especially compared to you, Lance, but I would just like be, I would get a bleeder or I would just, it would just be in a bad place. But now the G6, while I've oddly found it slightly less accurate for me, unfortunately, but that could be other issues. Like I think I had a bad transmitter, but alas, um, it's so pain-free. Like I'm in shock and it's so thin. The like actual, um, I can't, I forgot all the names of the things. There's sensors, transmitters. Receiver. Receiver. Yeah, works for me. Whatevs. It's just a lot thinner, and I sleep on my stomach, and it's been such a game changer. So, I mean, you're welcome, everyone, for now knowing that really intimate detail about myself. I mean, that was a hard sell. I, I've <laughs> tried it, and I didn't like how, how much it stuck out. But if it's thinner, you know, maybe it's – I mean, it is expensive, though, is a huge downfall, yep. I will say. But, I mean, look at the prices of insulin. That's a whole different episode. Ugh, I shouldn't even get myself started on that. <laughs> But what's what's coming up for you, Lance? What's down the the raceway pipeline, well, if you will? So, so we're doing this 24-hour race in Austin in November, um, partnered with JDRF and Dexcom. Um, it's National Diabetes Awareness Month, so we're raising awareness and we're raising a ton of money for JDRF in the process. Um, and I think like the main goal of this is to raise awareness because as you increase awareness, more dollars will flow into the therapeutic area. So unfortunately, like diabetes, like for type one therapies, it's not a super profitable business because people could be investing in like cardiovascular diseases or oncology, like cancer cures, uh, where there's a much like higher profitability and a bigger target audience. So like my goal is to raise awareness, get more dollars to flow in because when dollars do come in, the innovation is real. And I've seen like where JDRF has positioned their funding over the past 20 years and you know, 15 years ago, now we have devices that are, you know, even insulins that have literally changed my life and I'm sure others. So, you know, the real goal of this is to just let more of America know that uh, investing in type one makes a big difference. And there are still like a lot of type ones out there and it certainly could be profitable um, for them as well. So maybe getting people to connect uh, to someone on a story uh, can get a little bit more of uh, inflow of dollars to JDRF and other organizations. Right. And I think for a lot of people, which by the way, this is how Katie and I know each other. We were both involved with the YLC before she up and left me and moved across the country. (laughs) Um, That's the JDRF YLC. Um, It's, it's for everyone who's saying, well, we don't have a cure yet. So what's happening with this money? I don't see a cure. What's, you know, like, where's this money going? It 
literally comes down to, you know, wearing your Omnipod or wearing your Dexcom or, you know, using a faster acting insulin. Like, JDRF has its hands in so many different things aside from just just finding a cure. But all these are steps towards finding a cure, you know, like you have to figure out more about your body and, you know, trends and stuff like that in order to figure out what's wrong. So I think it's really cool that JDRF has its hands in everything from, you know, research to helping, you know, this helping you Lance with your dreams for racing. Like it's really cool. The, the breadth that they have, and they did not even pay me to say that. (laughs) I mean, there's a big difference between a cure, which is, you know, all of our goals and dreams and like, yeah, totally. But like, there's also like making daily life just a little bit easier and like funding that is equally as important while you're researching a cure at the same time. Um, if you're putting all your eggs in one basket, uh, nothing's really going to change. And I mean, I think I've certainly seen it and I'm sure, you know, the both of you have as well, like even just new insulins that have come out. Like I recently switched over to Traceba, like, wow, like what a difference. Um, and it's just little innovations like that, that make managing this terrible disease a little bit better. (laughs) Yes. What is that new insulin? I haven't heard of it. It's cool. So it's uh, so like Lanthus was like the basal insulin, and it lasted twenty four hours. This lasts for thirty six, so it's like way more even. Whoa. Like I, like you still gotta have to take it every day, but there's no like build up. Like when I would take my Lanthus before bed, like I'd sometimes go low in the middle of the night, or like yeah, if I took it. it in the morning, which I started to do, like it would run out and I'd wake up high, and it just like it was good during the day, but there were points where it was missing. And here, like with Traceba, like it's 36 hours. Like if I sleep in one day and I, I wake up a little bit later, like it doesn't matter. Like you're not going to raise because you still have the trail for like another 12 hours. Um, and it's just a lot more even of a dispersion of insulin. And for me, like it's just been a lot easier to manage like going to the gym and um, just being a little bit more predictable. Can I ask how long you've been on it or you've been using it? Yeah. So uh, let's see. Since like June? So like, okay, per, per, so I actually have a lot of friends who've been using it and they love it. And then for some reason, after like four or five months, it just stops working for them. So not to scare you, but I'd be interested to hear. <laughs> I'll check back with you. In a it's month like right there, right? Yeah. You're like, <laughs> dude, like check your shugs extra, but, um, no, it's supposed to be amazing. And I have, you know, like, uh, the sweet librarian, Kendall, who, um, she's really big on the diabetes Instagram community, she used it for a little bit and she was singing its praises. And then literally she was like 300 for like a week or something. I can't speak to her experience. Also, I'm not sure if I was supposed to share that, but it's, uh, it's something <laughs> not HIPAA that, compliant. Yeah. Yikes. Sorry, Kendall. Hopefully you skip this episode, but it's just, it's something that I find has been so interesting and I wanted to try it, but it's not approved for my Omnipod. So that's another positive for pens. Um, so there's just a lot of interesting things, but I am so glad you came on the show, Lance, and talked about your cool things that you're doing. Um, for those listening that I, that want to learn more about all things Lance does head over to his Instagram, which is Lance Bergstein 36. I'll spell that in the name of this episode. Um, not that it's hard to spell, but for those that are like me and butcher things sometimes, um, definitely head to his Instagram, give him a follow. You can stay up to date on all of his travel and racing experiences um, and apparently food. So 
dope. I see a food picture. That's creepy. Anyways, uh, <laughs> follow Katie K Silves thirteen, right, Katie? That's right. Um, for her cool shenanigans, she did a takeover yesterday, and who knows? Maybe you can see more of her singing on her guitar, um, being ten times cooler than I could ever be. But Lance, question: Where can is there anywhere people can watch these races or get updates? Can you plug that? Yeah, so um, it's called the Creventic 24-Hour Series, um, and we'll definitely post about it on Instagram. There'll be a live stream with commentary for the race. Um, it's a lot bigger over in Europe, so it, it will be a British commentator. But um, oh, definitely follow that. Definitely, <laughs> yeah, definitely come out to Austin if anyone wants uh, a weekend away. Stop by the garage. We'll give you a tour. Um, you can see a Dexcom in a race car, which is uh, a pretty cool thing, but uh that's it for this year you know the racing season's kind of finishing up and figuring out what we're going to do next year while still managing a day job so yeah well i know how that feels all right well thanks for having me and if anyone has any questions or uh wants any secrets to uh being a functional degenerate with type 1 diabetes <laughs> reach out <laughs> love it you've got you've got three of those on board. I know. yeah katie over hey uh Doing nothing. No, we're all degenerates at heart. It's we're living our best diabetic lives. Uh, thanks so much, Lance, and thanks, Katie. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at pancreas underscore pals. Follow us on Facebook at pancreas pals pp, and stay in the know by visiting our website pancreaspals.com. Have a great week, everyone, and stay tuned for another new episode coming up. We still have some great things left of season four. Bye. <laughs>